Today is Sunday, October 31st, 2021, time for episode 158 of the Barnhart Podcast. And I'm speaking slower because I'm not trying to race a gap in the music. And there is no gap, there is no music tonight because it's a somber topic, something that is not something you look forward to talking about. And um, honestly, I would have an intro of some sort typically at this point, but uh, I think it's probably best if I just hand it over to Ann and say, uh, you take it from here because I think you know the person and the topic, well, at least the person, far better than I do. Right. It's um, it's terrible news that broke today on um, on the Feast of Christ the King and the Vigil of All Saints, Father James Jackson of the Fraternity of St. Peter, formerly of Denver for many, many years, I, I think almost 15 years, and um, just recently, I think three months ago, transferred to Providence, Rhode Island. Um, was arrested Saturday for um, child porn. Um, n- need to talk about this because this this has the potential to scandalize thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Um, he has been one of the top priests of the Fraternity of St. Peter in the North American district. For, At a very large parish in terms of fraternity parishes. Right. Um, and the the parish at Littleton has been a leading parish all along. He came into the fraternity. He was one of the, the very first ones in. Um, he was ordained, I believe, diocesan. He had been a, a Navy chaplain serving the Marine Corps. And then in 88 or 89, when the fraternity of St. Peter formed after the um, as a result of the um, ordinations done by Archbishop Lefebvre in the SSPX, a group a group of priests said, "We're going to go ahead and break off and and we're going to form the Fraternity of Saint Peter, and we're not even going to get into that because that's not what this is about." Just going through the history, um, he came into the Fraternity of Saint Peter very very quickly after that. So he's he's been one of the original priests of the fraternity, and like I said, he's been he has done convert instructions and weddings and uh, just been just been uh, a huge part of the life of the fraternity of saint peter and a huge part of the life of of like i said thousands and thousands of people and this we have to talk about this as horrible and as awful as it is i left denver and haven't stepped foot in the state of Colorado and have had no, haven't seen any of these people or had any, certainly no face-to-face contact. I think there were maybe a couple of emails exchanged very briefly after I left Colorado. I haven't stepped foot in Colorado and it's it's approaching a decade now, which is kind of hard to imagine. But yeah, personally acquainted with him, absolutely. And the first thing we need to start with, um, as always, because we're civilized people, is, is the presumption of innocence. Um, that is a that's a, a fact of law of of all civilized people people are presumed innocent until until proven guilty however um if if he is innocent in fact i think he will not mind at all that we are having this conversation and that we're talking about this and you know we're hours into this and the truth will out for good or for ill but we need to be grown-ups and you know father jackson being a military man he would understand that from a tactical perspective you have to be you have to be a grown-up and you have to face everything and look at every possible contingency and be prepared for it um, and that's where we are in this so 
Now, speaking um, of contingencies, one of the first things I heard today about this story is uh, the guy who runs Father Z's Catholic Signal Corps, he, he texted me and, and, and said, hey, assuming this is a setup, how would this even work? How, how, would, how would somebody um, plant this information on a laptop or, or right. plant the traffic and whatnot? And this wasn't a, a suggestion that he was set up, but more a defensive thing that this is a likely attack coming forward. We've seen not this particular scenario, but we've seen fraternity priests specifically set up uh, yeah. accusations made and they get their faculties pulled. And it's, it's under a circumstance like this, uh, whether they're innocent or not, they're not going to get their faculties back right. anytime soon, if ever. Yeah. And in terms of how would you protect electronically against uh, having something like this, I, you know, we're still working on that answer. I don't know if there is a solid answer because if, depending upon who's after you and who wants to set you up, you know, truth doesn't matter. They'll yeah. plant stuff after the fact if they need to. Yeah. And that's part of the considerations we're looking at as well. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that's the first thing on everyone's mind is, you know, is this is this an example of the beginning of some sort of an absolutely horrific purge where basically the enemies of God and his holy church just start planting um, basically kitty porn on anybody's computer. Um, it, it's a possibility. Yes, it's a possibility. Um, and, and I'll say this. Even I knew, every everyone around Father Jackson knew that he was not good with computers at all. I mean, just barely used email as an absolute necessity in order to communicate roughly with people. Um, I, I was thinking today about, you know, how it seems to me, I have absolutely no idea, but it seems to me that in order to even get your hands on child pornography and be, you know, uh, transferring it back and forth the way these people do, I, I was under the impression that it required quite a quite a bit of, of technological savvy, which I don't even have. I, I wouldn't even know how to start with all that dark web crap and, and whatever they do. I, I have no understanding of that. One of the um, most sophisticated, smartest, and advanced uh, colleagues I've ever worked with. Guy knew more about parallel programming and uh, VPN and secure tunnel technology and all this this kind of stuff. He got raided. And he's in jail right now for possession and trafficking of kitty porn. And uh, the first clue we had at, at work was two FBI agents showed up, seized everything at his desk that could carry an electrical current, and disappeared. And when we found out later what that was all about, it was like, oh, now you think back through all the conversations. This guy was really smart about some things like, that's kind of odd for what we do for our daily work. But then when you look backwards at what he's alleged to have done and has been convicted of doing, it's like, well, that actually makes sense now. So for somebody who is not technically adept, set aside you know technical adeptness and, and whether or not you are, I wonder if it might be prudent in the future for the priests to officially not have computers and nothing more yep. advanced than a flip phone and have yep. dedicated assistants, maybe like a, a lay third order yep. um, who that's what they do. They're the communicators. That's exactly what I was thinking, yeah. 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 The whole, the whole internet thing, the whole uh, business of, of these men having, um, uh, unfortunately, I mean, it's come to this and it's, it's, a, it's a point of self-defense. These, these men, for their own protection, 
you, you cannot have people having unfettered access to the internet. I mean, that's just the world we live in from a, a standpoint of defending against attack, um, defending against outside attack. Um, now, having said that, um, as horrible as it is to say, and we've talked about this before on the podcast, um, in the context of just episodes about, uh, about pornography, about self-abuse, so on and so forth. If you want to know what a user of pornography and even what a user of child pornography looks like, go look in the mirror because this stuff is everywhere. It is absolutely ubiquitous. It is everywhere. And there's a lot of us who, you know, in our, our little trad Catholic circles with our trad Catholic social groups, we don't, we don't understand and we don't appreciate because we're insulated from it to a certain extent. We do not understand and we do not appreciate how ubiquitous this crap is. It is absolutely everywhere. And I even, it's got to be a, a decade ago or more, I had heard in a, a homily in Denver, and I can't remember if it was Father Jackson or if it was, or if it was one of the other priests, but it was it was made mention, and this is kind of in the earlier-ish days of of the ubiquitousness of of pornography. Them saying, you know, guys, we we hear about this in the confessional. This is a horrible problem. It is even mentioned that it's it's a problem with women. Trad women are confessing the use of pornography. This is over a decade ago. Because I started going, I started going to the parish in Littleton. Uh, what would that be? Received in the church 07. and I was I was going to that parish permanently in two thousand and eight. So we're pushing, we're pushing maybe close to you know thirteen years ago, and this this is being discussed, warning about the dangers of this, and it's everywhere, and it's affecting women, and it's. And you know, it, it's it's just a, a horrible thing. Um, and so, one of the things that I'm seeing already in com boxes and you know little discussion threads that are already cropping up about Father Jackson, what's happened is people are people are saying things like, "Well, this is impossible." No, it's not impossible. And again, if he's innocent, he won't mind me saying this because what I'm saying is true. It's not impossible. It's not impossible at all. You need to stop saying things like that because you're setting yourself up for horrific scandal. Because if you've got it in your mind that this is not possible and it turns out that it's true in any way, how are you going to, how are you going to process that? How is your brain going to process that? How is your soul going to process that? And then we start getting into questions of scandal. And that's why we're, we're putting together this very quick, um, somber, ad hoc episode. Because first, the first thing that needs to happen, and again, if Father Jackson is innocent and ever hears this, he will agree 100%. The most important thing here is the protection of souls. And we have to we have to say what needs to be said in order to keep people from being scandalized by this. Okay, what do I mean by scandal? Quick review. There's two types of scandal. When someone commits a sin, 
that can either cause another person who is around it or witnesses it to think, well, if that person did that, then that means that I can do it too. Now, we're, we're basically not dealing with that in this, in this context because we're dealing with child pornography, which is something that is so spectacularly awful that we don't even have to discuss it. So the whole, the whole notion of being scandalized into looking at child pornography, well, if Father James Jackson looked at child pornography, it must be okay. Well, obviously, that's what, not what we're talking. That's not the category we're talking about here. The category of scandal that we're talking about here is when someone does something, commits a sin, and it's so awful that it causes other people around them to lose their faith in God. That is what we are talking about here, and this is huge like i said um yeah the, uh, the idea that these traditional catholic priests who are better they're super priests for a for lack of better terms because yep. they actually believe the faith they teach the faith they say yep. the proper mass but don't forget they also are humans they have original sin and uh the i remember one priest saying uh, when when you sin, you ask God for forgiveness. Uh, how did this go? It was something like when, when when you examine your conscience, you 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 are sorry for all the sins you you commit, but lest you fall into scruples, realize that God's grace has prevented you from becoming a much greater sinner than you could have been. Mm. Unless you'd be proud of that, you could definitely fall to even greater depths. Yeah, and so. Um with something like this, he he's done so much for so many people. I mean, I was thinking I was thinking today about imagine imagine if you had be, you had been married by a priest who who was in fact convicted of of child pornography or or child abuse or something like that. And there's this has happened to a lot of people, and you were married by that priest, and you couldn't even look at your own wedding pictures without just being you know, creeped out and horrified, and you would have to go into your wedding pictures and cut out all the ones with the priest. And I mean, I mean, it's just, this is, the, and that's the, that's almost the least of it. Imagine all the people that, that have gone through convert instructions with Father Jackson, and there's a bunch of them, a bunch. I mean, what, what are these people thinking at this moment? And is the risk that they're all going to throw their hands up and say, well, I made a terrible mistake. The Catholic Church, between the anti-Pope and now this, I made a terrible mistake and I'm done with Catholicism. I got duped and I'm finished. That is the massive, massive risk here, and that's what we have to talk people off the ledge about. Um, you cannot ever, ever, under any circumstances, conflate any human being with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, because our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is one human being who is also God. He's the God-man, okay? He is an individual person, also the second person of the Trinity. What that means, and I think there's a, there's a lot of people running around, even trad Catholics, who, who don't really, truly get this, that he, our Lord, is not some priest. He is not the, the institutional church. He is he's certainly not the Pope, and he's certainly not the anti-Pope. Um, and there's a lot of people who, when, you, when our Lord is not personal, and our Lord is just a philosophy, or, you know, the, the matrix, the structure of the institutional church, 
and not you and you don't really have any sort of a personal relationship with him it gets really easy psychologically to start conflating our lord with with people you know people who are i mean and what do we call priests and and rightly so alter christus another christ but but not christ okay they're there they are there in the place of christ certainly yes absolutely they are not christ and so when something like this happens if god forbid there turns out to be even a shred of of truth to it then you 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 can't be scandalized by this now i have had the the grace over the past um over the past years of having been for lack of a better word vaccinated or inoculated to scandal by our Lord. I can say, I can stand here and say right now, there is absolutely nothing that could happen that would cause me to lose faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, or his holy church. I went through a ringer situation in 2015, and it was it was awful, 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 awful. And you come out the other side being just horrifically scandalized by someone horrifically and it it hurts like hell while it's happening but what happened was and it didn't last long you come out the other side and then you are completely impervious to scandal i cannot be scandalized there is nothing that could happen nothing there's nothing any human being could do not not anybody and I've, I've believe me i've gone through the list in my mind of all the people in my life that i love and and etc cetera, etc cetera, and and ask myself exactly this question so what if what if it were revealed to me and that this person was guilty of what any name off a list of what any of the most horrific sins that human beings could could commit intentionally spreading COVID. <laughs> well, sorry, not that podcast. Sorry, not that podcast. That's the next episode with Doctor Veep and Nurse Claire. Um, if if that happened, and I've gone through the list myself, I've gone through this exercise. Would that cause me to say, "Well, I don't believe in Jesus anymore. Or I don't believe in Catholicism anymore." Absolutely not. Nobody. Nothing. And I know Satan is listening very closely to me saying this. He's uh, Satan and all the demons are listening very, very closely. To this. I was just going to say. I mean, don't don't uh, make it so ironclad that you could never be, you know, fortified. Yeah. It's, it's definitely an exercise in prudence to have this thought exercise and bring it up in prayer and meditation, yep. and to steal yourself as much as possible. Not that you assume everybody is a demon with with all kinds of evil things to hide, no. but to to not be. That's a really faith. good point too. That that's a really good point. When when something bad like that does happen, it isn't just that you say um, this does not affect my relationship with our Lord. But what it what it also has to be is that it doesn't make your heart grow cold and you start thinking to yourself, every other human being is awful, and start you know throwing up defense mechanisms because guess what that turns into diabolical narcissism if you get into your brain that every other human being that every other human being has let you down so terribly that that's it i'm putting my fist down i'm not going to love anymore guess what 
guess what? That is exactly the mode of creating a diabolical narcissist, the voluntary purgation of love from the soul and bringing it, bring it right back around because it's just a big circle. What is the overarching pathology that causes all species of sexual perversion? Narcissism, diabolical narcissism. It's vampiric. So that's how, that's how that works. That's how this happens bad things happened. People do terrible things. Some people are terrible. That cannot affect your relationship with our Lord. And that cannot cause you to descend into a loveless um, defense mode yourself, because then you're going to end up, you're going to end up in some sort of a, some sort of a hole. And um, if, you, if you do face that temptation, meditate on the agony in the garden and the yeah. And, and Christ envisioning the passion and everything he's going to go through and envisioning all the sins of all the people through all time, mm -hmm. especially those who are going to be baptized, who are going to have the state of grace, but then turn and fall. And so many of them will do it with malice. And that was the, it was that realization that prompted Christ to say, Father, if it's possible, let this chalice pass, but not my will, but thy will. And of course, then the angels cons consoled him with showing him all the, all the people who did um, take advantage of, of the of the graces of, of uh, salvation, but right. just the whole idea if you're if you're tempted to not love, not that Christ was truly tempted in that sense, but it's the I'm faced with ingratitude. I've, I'm doing, you know, whether it's whether it's just love or affection or belief in somebody and they betray it. You ain't got nothing compared to what Christ went through yeah. in the agony in the garden. Yeah, there's no, there is no disappointment <laughs> that you can go through that compares in any way to our Lord's agony in the garden, because that, that was infinite. It was infinite. Um, you, you can't say to yourself, well, I've been so disappointed and so let down that God can't possibly understand this. Oh my goodness. That's, that's about, that's about the most ignorant thing you could possibly think. Um, <laughs> you, you've done it to him. You've done it to him. Remember, every, every sin is an infinite offense against God because he is himself infinite good. Um, I, it's not that I'm conflating um, you telling Aunt Bertha that her beaten cottage cheese casserole was delicious when you thought it was disgusting with looking at child porn. That's not what I'm saying. But when you get when you start talking about infinities and infinite quantities, the mathematics kind of goes out the window. Um, so you can have you can have infinities of different size. So when you you tell the lie to Aunt Bertha's face that her casserole is delicious, um, that that is one infinity. And when someone, you know, looks at child porn or whatever, that is another infinity that is of a greater size. And I know that sounds counterintuitive, but believe me, ask any mathematician. And that's, this is day one number theory is that there are infinities of different size. So yes, this is a correct thing to say. Um, the other thing is if you're, if you're ever tempted yourself into doing something horrible, like you know, if you find yourself in a position where you're addicted to pornography, and it's very interesting, um, a person who who um, might be able, and I'm sure will will lend some some wisdom and consolation in this situation is actually John Henry Weston of LifeSite. Um, John Henry has been very open about the fact that in his um, 
in, in his previous life that he, he was in fact a user and even an addict um, to pornography. And I believe I heard John Henry say one time in the context of a, of a lecture or something that he was giving that, um, that the amount of time that it took for him to start looking at pornography for the first time to the point where he was had his you know finger hovered over a mouse getting ready to click on looking at a child pornography um video was it was just incredibly rapid it was something like 18 months that you know apparently the way porn works as an addiction is that most people start out looking at normal heterosexual <laughs> normal i'll put that in, in quotes but you understand what i'm saying normal heterosexual one man one woman and then it just the perversion just accelerates to where you know just looking at one man one woman doing relatively normal um normal physical things genital things no longer does anything for you so then you have to start looking at perverse acts between a man and a woman and then you start uh, then people trans uh transfer into looking at um homosexual pornography people who are completely heterosexual find themselves looking at homosexual pornography and from there it's a very quick um it's a very quick skipping a jump to looking at child pornography and bestiality and things like that it's just it, it's 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 very much a drug it has the same effects on the brain apparently in terms of addiction and you know you start with the gateway and it just you know you start smoking weed and the next thing you know you're you're a meth head or a fentanyl head on the streets of san francisco you know I mean, look at some of those videos of what those people are. And most of them probably started out by smoking weed. Um, it's the same thing with porn, apparently. So, you know, it's it, that acceleration is just is just horrific. And I, I hope that John Henry will speak out on this and, you know, lend some insights to all this again as this comes to the fore, um, especially amongst the, the life site readership. Because, again, Father Jackson was huge in in the North American um, fraternity of St. Peter. So something I think that that could help if you're ever tempted by any of this is thinking thinking about how if you commit this sin, how disappointed people would be if they knew you were doing it. The thing to remember is eventually they are going to know at the general judgment. Um, all will be revealed. And so thinking, especially as a priest, thinking about how this is just going to ruin, ruin everybody's, everyone that you've married, you're going to ruin their memories of their wedding um, if, if this ever comes to light. And it, and it always does. Um, thinking about how um, you're going to ruin and potentially scandalize unto damnation the people that you gave convert instructions to. And this applies to all of us. I mean, you should, if you're ever, if you're ever tempted to do something, one of the things you could do is just stop and say to yourself, man, everybody would be so disappointed in me if they knew I were doing this for a priest. I mean, that's just like, I mean, you're, you're on, you're on the top of Everest compared, compared to most people in terms of this dynamic and in terms of how strong it is, which is precisely why, why Satan tempts priests so badly, it seems to me. Um, 
And well, again, the, the average person had said that you don't go to heaven or hell alone. And so for the average person, if you're ahead of a family, you're going to take a dozen or two people with you, regardless of which way you go. But if it's a priest, you're looking at hundreds, if not thousands, thousands. of people you're taking with you either way. Yep, absolutely. So um, it's 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 a horrible thing, and we need to face it. We need to think about it. Um, one of the things that, you know, as soon as I saw the mugshot of him, um, I said, we, we have to record a podcast. We have to talk about this because the mug, the mug shot is bad. And I want to talk about the mug shot. Um, when I, as soon as I saw the mug shot, the first thing that went through my mind is, is he, is he, is he going to commit suicide? He looks suicidal in, in the mug shot. Um, folks, we're all going to start, we're all going to be coming under persecution. I mean, if we, we already have, I mean, good grief with how many of the listeners out there listening to this right now have been, have lost their, have lost their careers because of the, because of the death injection. Um, if, if something like this happens to you or even in some other different context, if you're set up in some way and you get arrested and you're innocent, when you sit for that mugshot, you need to have a look on your face like, buddy, you have screwed with the wrong person. Don't don't have your mugshot look like you're about to go off and and hang yourself. And I'm sorry, but that's what Father Jackson looks like in that mugshot. It's absolutely horrible. Um, and it's frightening and it's very, very disconcerting. The other thing is the other thing that is very disconcerting is as of this recording, as far as I can tell, um, no one no one has made his his bail, which is not very much. It's only five thousand dollars, and it's it's reported that nobody made his bail, and so he was arraigned and booked into booked into the jail there in Providence. This seems odd to me. How, why why would five thousand is trivial? Why has this bail not been posted? Very, very odd. And I'm sure that in, more information will come out in the coming days, um, certainly. But um, we all have to be adults, and we can't just live in this Pollyanna universe and say to ourselves, I refuse to believe that this is possible, no matter what. Um, it, it is possible. And again, if he's innocent, he, he'll 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 agree with me on this and say it is the truth you need to say this these things these things are possible and grown-up people mature adults need to be operating on a tactical footing so that if this turns out to be true that it isn't a complete and total defeat and you know the the fraternity of saint peter collapses and etc cetera, etc cetera. It will be interesting to see what happens in Denver. It will be interesting to see if um, the the chapel of St. Isidore the Farmer out in Watkins, which is the huge SSPX church, it's going to be interesting to see if they get an influx of people who leave um, the parish there in Littleton. But, I mean, Father Jackson's been gone from Littleton for three months now. But I don't know. Are people are some people going to throw up their hands and say, "That's it. I'm going to the SSPX. This is the last straw." Um, I think the greater risk is that just people lose their faith in general. Um, and and another point that that brings up is this whole business with um, you know church militant and they're going after the SSPX and you know blah 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 blah. 
And what I've been saying about that from the beginning is that this, this is absolutely idiotic. If you go after the SSPX because they have had in their decades-long existence, I mean, remember, they've existed since the 70s, and they have, they have way more priests than the fraternity and certainly the institute put together, way, way more. Are you going to get bad apples in that? Absolutely you are. And, and over the decades, they've had multiple bad apples. Okay, if you start going after the SSPX and saying, oh, look, they, they had some guy who was, you know, messing with kids or doing this, that, or the other. We're, the whole thing is a, is a Nazi pedophile sex cult. Um, what are you going to do when, and there have been before, when, when something bad happens with a fraternity priest or with a priest of, of the Institute of Christ the King? They've all had bad apples by now. They're big enough and they've been around for long enough that all of these groups have had bad apples. If you go after the SSPX like this, you're, what are you going to do when it's one of the, one of the Ecclesia Dei groups? And so it, it's the whole, the whole church militant crusade against the SSPX is just, it's, it's disingenuous and it's sketchy because you're, you're, <laughs> you're, you're shooting yourself in the foot, basically. But then we wonder whether or not the whole church militant group is is actually trad or not. It's all it's all very ambiguous, and all the connections to Opus Dei and all of that. It's and, all and very to be clear. Weird. To be clear, we're talking about Church Militant TV Incorporated. Yes. As yes. opposed to on Facebook, there's another group called Church Militant, which is uh, predates. When um, Voris changed his his operations name to Church Militant, and uh, that that irks the guy who runs that, by the way. But yeah, side point. Yeah, well said. And we're also not talking about you know <laughs> the Church on Earth, the Church Militant, capital C, capital M, underline, underline. Um, we're talking about that Voris group up up in Detroit. Um, so yeah, just just the pep talk and the intention of this podcast is just to make sure that people remember that you cannot under any circumstances conflate our Lord with any human being or any any group of human beings, um, that he is individual, a person, the God-man, and that the church is the indefectible bride of Christ. Now, the institutional church can be a train wreck, it can go into eclipse it is, as it is now, there can be anti-popes, et cetera, et cetera. But um, the, the supernatural reality that is the church is the spotless and indefectible bride of Christ. And you have to be able to have the intellectual uh, um, facility to be able to, to keep that distinction very clear in your mind. We're not saying that you excuse bad behavior and nobody can ever do anything wrong and it's and etc cetera, etc cetera. that's the opposite of what we're saying and our lord made it very clear there's go the whole he basically said in no uncertain terms paraphrasing that it's going to be a train wreck and it's going to be a train wreck all the way to the end there's going to be it's going to be a sort and he uses the image the imagery of sorting um um casting out nets as in fishing nets 
and pulling up a catch and then the angels are going to have to sit there and just one by one go go through and sort the thing out all the way to the end the other imagery that is used is that of um a field of wheat and cockle being you know weeds being spread throughout this field of wheat until the very end and then the harvest happens and you sift the wheat from the cockle there's no getting away from this people there's no there's never going to be a perfect church filled with perfect people and if that is your mindset and if you're capable of being scandalized because there are sinners in the church well what i would ask you is how how do you even walk in the door you're so scandalized by by there being other sinners how do you even how do you yourself even walk out the door because aren't you by definition then contaminating unto irrelevancy any church that you walk into so i mean it just seems to me that um we need we need to give this some thought give this some deep thought and also we need to be reminded about the heresy of donatism um if if father jackson or any other priest were in fact guilty of child pornography or child abuse god forbid or, or you know anything like that and they they officiated at your wedding was your wedding valid of course it was of course it was were the masses that any priest who even might have been in a state of mortal sin were, were was that mass valid of course they're all valid we're not donatists we cannot know the the state of anyone else's soul so how in the world does it make sense that any of us would be held responsible by our lord for the state of the soul of a priest and it's not possible for us to know what that state is that's that's just madness that's absolute madness and that's called the heresy of donatism that um the efficacy of sacraments is contingent upon the state of the soul of the priest who is performing said sacrament this is this is madness no 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 yeah, no, no, if, no no if you believe that then you would only be able to be saved you'd only have the possibility of being saved if your regular priest was say the curia of ours or um i'm thinking <laughs> why am i blanking padre pio envisioning the, the, the his face, but I was like, I, I couldn't remember his name. Uh, and, and absent having a priest like that, you have no chance of even getting being saved. That's ludicrous. Yeah. And it, and it, to, a, to a certain degree, not that you would want your priest to be some kind of, um, have some kind of evil attachment, but to a certain degree, it, it's a reassurance that even if he does, it doesn't affect your ability to receive the sacraments and save your soul. Right. And if, if you're using this donatistic mindset, what you're in fact doing is that, A, you're making God a jerk because you're saying that God is holding you responsible for something that you're not responsible for and can't even know. And B, you're making God weak. You're taking away from, from his infinitude. You're taking away from the infinitude of his mercy and you're taking away from the infinitude of his power. He can do what he wants, when he wants, with whom he wants. And if you're saying, oh no 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 
you know, if that priest looks at child porn, then he is completely and totally thwarted the plans of God, and God cannot, God, God will not come down on the altar, God will not come to people in the Eucharist, God will not absolve sins in the confessional, da 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 No, oh, no, these priests, they've, they've just got God, they've got him beat, they've got him whipped. So at that point, are you... Are you even making making the priest more powerful than God? And is that not a species of idolatry? It, it's it, Donatism just sends you shooting off of a cliff into apostasy very, very, very quickly. Very quickly. As strange as it might sound, Theodore McCarrick and his ilk have validly forgiven sins. Oh, absolutely they have. Absolutely. And still could. And still could. Even and though still McCarrick do. Had, well, even though McCarrick has been laicized. Well, not if, I, I, well. McCarrick and his ilk. And that, his that's ilk, what, That's right. why I'm saying the ilk at this point, they still do. No, God, God in his mercy is, is, God's mercy is so infinite that if, let's say hypothetically, uh, McCarrick were in a courtroom being tried for his crimes and someone there present um, went into a uh, COVID post-jab heart attack or something, and the person is laying there on the ground. Um, could could McCarrick, laicized as he is, and a monster as he is, could he absolve the person's sins? Yes, absolutely. Yep, no question. No question about it, because God's mercy is infinite. And God is not a jerk. He's infinite love. So, yes. So that's our horrible micro episode talking about Father Jackson. I'm sure more information will come out. Um, but what Super Nerd said at the top is absolutely true. Um, no matter what happens, Father Jackson's priestly ministry is for all intents and purposes over with. His, Even pu if his public official ministry is over. Yeah, his public official ministry is over. Um, he's 66. If he's innocent of all this, best case scenario is that he goes into a monastery somewhere and prays for the rest of his life, which isn't which isn't the most terrible thing in the world, but it is sad because he was... He was an extremely effective. His public priesthood was very, very effective. So, prayers all around. Prayers, prayers for him. Um, prayers that he, if he's, if, whether he's guilty or innocent, that he stays, that he stays strong, that he repents of anything that he needs to repent of, and God forbid that he should do anything, anything like take his own life or attempt to self harm or anything like that. Um, and prayers for everyone involved, for um, his parishioners in Providence, for all of the all of the people that were his parishioners over the years in Colorado, um, and just and just as Super Nerd is so adamant about, and this is why every episode he Super Nerd wraps with a heartfelt pleading, please pray for priests. Um, because they do, as Super Nerd says, almost every episode, they have a giant bullseye painted on their back, and Satan is after them. And whether that means maybe having kitty porn planted on their computer or tempting them into things, tempting them into falling, I mean, just any, any possible vector of attack, Satan is looking for it and looking to do maximal damage and... Um, you know, especially at this delicate time for the Ecclesia Day communities and everything. This is the timing of this is just 
is just horrific. Not that there's good timing for anything like this, but this is this is especially this is an especially deep wound, it seems to me. So prayers all around. Well, and, and also um, keep in mind that God is going to write straight with crooked lines. And yeah. if we're going into a situation where people are going to start being arrested and thrown in jail for things that really aren't crimes, it's going to behoove us to have priests available to us. And maybe, maybe this is a blessing in disguise. I'm not saying this case in particular, but it could be that the priests we find in jail were innocent all along. And it was a blessing from God that they allowed an agent of Satan to set them up and get them in jail where they were going to have to minister to some people who weren't going to be able to get to priests anyway. Yeah. It, it happened. I, I want to say this happened in, in the gulags in, in Russia. Yes. Yes. Oh, all kinds of things happened in the gulags and the concentration camps, but especially the gulags um, that we will not know about again until, until the general judgment. I'm, I'm sure all kinds of things happened and there are all kinds of saints that are that are unknown to man and to history, but who are known fully to God and are every bit as much in the beatific vision as ones who are publicly recognized by the church. And we're not beatifying anybody in this moment. We're not canonizing no. anyone in this moment. But um, if he's innocent, you, we pray for Father Jackson's fortitude. If he's guilty, we pray for his conversion and fortitude. Exactly. Exactly. In other words, just pray, guys. Yeah. Just pray. All right. I think, is there anything else that we needed to cover? Anything you can think of? No, we're not going to do the normal wrap up. Just the yeah. prayers for Father Jackson in particular and all the priests in general. Um, we, we stress this every single podcast and you just, I, I would be repeating what you just said to, um, to pile on that again. So yep. uh, don't lose faith. Don't be scandalized. Uh, don't, don't be, don't be fooled into thinking that it could never happen to your favorite priest. Um, don't be fooled that it couldn't happen to you. Yeah. We are all, we are all sinners. We are all have the, the ability to become far worse sinners than we are. And we all have the ability to become fantastically great saints. So the, the difference really starts in the will. Do we want to, do we want to put in the work to become saints? And do we want to help those around us become saints as well? And that starts with prayer. And you don't need to drop your intentions on Twitter that you're going to the Adoration Chapel. Hey, send me your intentions. Just pray for whoever needs prayers right now, whether you know their name or not. Yep. It is the communion of saints, and that that includes those of us still here on earth who are still trying to be, trying to get into the communion of saints. Um, We're all in this together. Indeed. So um, rosary is obviously the best place to start and the easiest place to start. But even even if you can't do that, just just stop right now and say a Gloria. Just say one Gloria Patri, please. Um, it's uh, one heartfelt Gloria can can do more good than you know <laughs> a whole a whole bucket full of rosaries. I mean, yeah, especially if you're just starting. So yeah, not not to diminish the Gloria Patri, but. Uh, one Hail Mary or three Hail Marys, you're asking Our Lady also to yes. join you. And, and um, she she is so powerful, she makes the demons flee just by, with a sideways look. Yep. So. Yep. Uh, with right. that, I think we probably can wrap up. Until next time, I am Super Nerd. And I'm Ann. Thanks, guys. God bless. <laughs>